Hey, it's Mark Shifley here. You're listening to the Jet Centric Podcast. Hey there, Jets fans. Welcome to episode 50 of the Jet Centric Podcast. My name is AJ, one of your hosts. And yeah, we made it to uh, half of 100. The, the 50th episode. Um, I'm not going to tell you about guests and all that stuff coming up, uh, but I will tell you a few things. Uh, we're, we're planning on doing an episode pretty much after a little roundtable after every playoff game. Uh, also, we are doing like a bit of a preview, uh, some pros, cons, uh, a bunch of positive, a bunch of negative, uh, a little moose uh, hit as well, and just talking numbers and doing a bit of a wrap on the, the season and looking forward to the playoffs. So uh, that episode will probably come out uh, the first game is on uh, Wednesday, so probably on Tuesday uh, that will come out. So what I have for you right now um, is some older audio. This is actually after game 75, 76, something like that against the New York Islanders. Ugh, it was a disappointing game. Anyway, we did a roundtable, but at the time we weren't actually able to uh, upload the audio. We were having some problems with it. And then by the time we got the audio, we also had the Kurt Keelback interview, which you should definitely go back and listen to if you haven't already. And so we put that out first. So now this audio is old. It's old news and everything, but I mean, it's a week and a half really, <laughs> but uh, maybe two weeks, I guess, uh, whatever it is. So, but there's still some, uh, some good stuff. We, we say a lot of positives. So for those of you who think we're negative, uh, we actually spent a lot of time just talking about some of our things we really like about the, the jets and the season. We found a lot of good things to say. So, um, yeah, I think you'll enjoy it even though, again, it's not as current as, uh, as maybe it should be, but, uh, yeah, we just kind of ran up against a, a wall there and thought, well, you know what? We spent some time recording an hour here, so uh, might as well just put it out, and maybe it won't get as many listens as most things, but uh, yeah, you have the option now. So you've been warned, this audio is old, but there's a lot of positivity and uh, some technical difficulties within it uh, as well, never mind, or downloading it afterwards. So let's get to it. It's uh, myself, uh, AJ, uh, Ryan was there for a little bit, and then also uh, Paul and uh, Mike Friesen. So we had some fun doing it, and uh, enjoy, and uh, definitely check out the Kirk Keelback uh, interview that was just done. Mac did a great job with him. And also come back on Tuesday, maybe Monday night, we'll see, um, to hear the uh, the other episode I'm telling you about with the getting ready for the playoffs. All right, here it is. Hey there, Jets fans. Welcome back to yet another episode of the Jet Centric Podcast. We're finally getting back to doing a roundtable and unfortunately, we're doing it right after the Islanders game. So uh, if you're mad, um, you're in good company with us. We're going to try and find some positives from this last month and um, lo- look at it as a whole. But obviously, the last few games will be uh, most notable. I'm joined right now with uh, uh, to do this with Paul Quay and Ryan. And Mike is going to be joining us uh, shortly as well. So it's going to be the four of us. We're going to talk. And uh, hopefully you guys enjoy it. Uh, so now just I'll give you guys a little bit of context here. The Jets in the month of March, they got eight wins. They got six losses now. And they've scored 48 goals and they got 40 goals again. So a uh, little bit of a 500. Um, looking okay. It, obviously in, in that time we've had some very notable games. I mean this uh, Islanders loss that we just experienced uh, no less than 20 minutes ago is pretty notable. I'm sure people will be talking about it at the water cooler tomorrow. But obviously the Dallas uh, loss before that, uh, the big Nashville win, the very disappointing Vegas loss. And uh, then from there on, I think the rest of the games were 
you know, whatever, not as notable, but as we get a little bit closer to the playoffs, seems like uh, everything's heightened fan emotion um, and the meaningfulness of, of all these games too. So um, first, uh, Paul, I'll kind of go over to you. Maybe we'll just tackle the game at hand first. Um, what do you think of the, the Jets uh, tonight against the Islanders? Well, uh, for tonight's game, obviously, uh, my first impression was that they, you know, just completely stopped skating for long stretches. So they had the, uh, they had the early goal from, uh, from Lowry, uh, or early two from Lowry, if you want to call it that, uh, to get, uh, to get up. And then, you know, they had long stretches where they seemed to be, uh, you know, skating in circles. They were, uh, just not skating at all. Uh, I thought the power play, uh, you know, looked uh, a little bit more effective. They had more shots, they had more chances, but uh, there seemed to be uh, long stretches of the game as well where they just kind of seemed to be, you know, passing into uh, into oblivion. So um, I thought the Islanders played uh, pretty well for being down 2 nothing, and, of course, 4 later on. So um, highly disappointing. You kind of saw it coming, especially at the end there when the, uh, the Jets were just running around and the Islanders... Um, the Islanders uh, took advantage, unfortunately. Yeah, it felt, felt a little bit like deja vu, obviously, with Myers and Kulikov on there at the end. Uh, Mike has joined us now. Mike, we're just uh, kind of talking about the game that just passed. I know you you didn't catch this game, but uh, we're going to talk a, a bit about all the, the, the recent uh, um, interesting games that, that the Jets have had. But, uh, uh, yeah, this game was... Catch the game. Everyone's feeling good, right? I mean, I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. How are you guys? Yeah, it was a good good game. Jets scored four goals. Yeah, with uh, you know, their Jets were up by a goal or two uh, with a couple minutes left, so it ended exactly as expected. So. Oh gosh. <laughs> to be honest, yeah, I actually no. saw. I tur- I got home. I was working late, and I turned on the TV with uh, like three and a half minutes left. It was okay. uh, it was not a good. It's not a good three and a half minutes. Well, maybe Mike. Uh, in that last little bit there, I'm sure you notice uh, Myers and Kulikov on. I know. Some people have accused us all of being too hard on Myers. Um, but again, it's deja vu with these two out there with not that much time left, giving up a goal. I mean, if anyone's going to give up the goal, it's going to be the guys that are on the ice. But it seems like these two guys aren't capable enough to uh, really shut things down. And, and they've cost us a, a couple at the end there. Uh, what did you think of those two on the ice and, and that decision to play those guys there? Oh, man. Honestly, um that was yeah, that was terrible. I I as far as the decision to play those two defensemen, we I don't, who else do they have? Um, like obviously Truba should have been on. Uh, I don't I don't know. I didn't see in the in the three and a half minutes I watched. I didn't don't think that I saw Sami Niku. I assume he was playing. Um, but uh, yeah, I I never want to see. Myers and Kulikov again. I want them to. I want them to retire. I want them just to call up whoever from the Manitoba Moose. Uh, I'm. I'm. I would not. I. You guys know me. I'm typically probably one of the more positive or optimistic uh, Jets fans, at least in our circles. I'm. I, that's how I see myself. But I gotta say, I am just done with these guys. I don't think that it's crazy at all to see to imagine calling up the top pair in the Moose and getting better results than these clowns. I thought, so I thought that was terrible. We're gonna have a little guy named Dustin Bufflin back, I believe, for Saturday. So that will definitely help things out if that's the case. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it's interesting because uh, I I sent out some 
you know, trying to get some questions and people were actually asking specifically about contracts and what's going to happen with uh, some of these players. I mean, it's, you know, it's just before the playoffs. So as far as uh, what happens in the off season, it's maybe a bit premature for that, but just talking about those two players, um, do you guys actually see Myers, uh, the Jets kind of re-signing Myers uh, or is that contingent on the, the, the Truba signing or not signing? And then Kulikov, is that likely a contract they try and, move away from in some sort of trade, maybe akin to the Armia and, and Mason trade the, to get rid of that Mason money. What do you guys think of uh, of that? Maybe Ryan will shoot that over to you. Don't shoot that over to me. Okay, Red. <laughs> Ryan doesn't want to be shot that uh, that shot over at him. Um, uh, how about you, How about you, Paul? Sorry, I'm, I'm also going to apologize. I still don't have much of a voice from being sick last week. But, uh, you know, it sounds kind of cool, I guess. Maybe I'll start smoking so I can keep it. Okay, uh, Paul. Paul, what do you think about the, those guys? Do you think that they're they're back? Are we going to be done seeing these these yahoos or whatever Mike called them? Oh, Paul, we lost Paul. Uh, well, it, it, you know, I know I'm I'm uh, getting some uh, slowdown in my internet. Maybe my uh, the plate in my head is uh, interfering with the signal or something like that. But um, with regards to uh, with regards to Truba, I mean, honestly, I could see him being moved at the at the, uh, at the so I don't know. We've lost oh. Paul. Yeah, we're losing you, Paul. Might have to uh, might have to edit that. Like maybe not a defenseman in one, uh, but I could see them maybe <laughs> tying a, a Matthew Perot or Brian Little in in with that if they can maybe sign uh, Kevin Hayes if he was going to stay. All right, Paul, you're cutting in and out. We're going to shoot over to Mike here. Mike, you don't want to see these players around anymore. Um, do, you, do you think that the Jets actually uh, hold on to these guys or no? I I always try to catch myself uh, before. I, I know I just said call up everybody on the moose to replace these guys. Um, you know, these are things that we say after after a very, very terrible three and a half minutes after working a long day at work. Uh, of watching hockey, um, but I, I honestly, I all, I always try to force myself. I don't know if you guys do this, but I always try to just hold on because things can change in a game. I think I, I, it's hard for me to say this right now, but it is possible. I still think that Myers could have, you know, the Jets could go a few rounds. Who knows? They could, they could go all the way. Still, it could still happen. Yes, and Myers could have a great playoffs. I think. It's, I think that a lot is going to depend as far as what the Jets' roster moves are. Uh, a lot is going to depend on what uh, how this team does. I could see, I could see there being a, a, a bigger shakeup if if we do lose in the first round for sure. Um, if we lose in the first round, I'd I'd give you a hard no on Myers coming back. They'll figure something out uh, to replace him. Um, but but who knows? Maybe maybe there's a maybe we ever maybe maybe the team ends up feeling feeling positive about about their situation at the end of the year. I, I just think it really comes down to what the heck happens uh, in the playoffs. Right. Well, um, okay, now I'm going to move over to just a, a, a lineup thing now. Uh, Brian Johnson is asking, is Tanev Lowry Little uh, and pro cop Roslovic bottom six or a cop Lowry Tanev, sort of back to that TLC, pro Little Roslovic bottom six, a better option or any alternatives? Now, it's kind of funny because obviously tonight Lowry had himself a little bit of a game. He had two, two goals. Tanev had uh, two uh, two assists and a goal, so that line did pretty well. But uh, I think 
I could probably speak for all of us just answering this question that we wouldn't mind seeing that TLC line put back together, run as a proper fourth line, get Perot and uh, Roslevic and Little hopefully as a as a third scoring line. And uh, so I I, th- I think most of, we'd probably all agree that's that's a better way to do it. But obviously coming off a night like this, uh, things seem to go pretty well for for that line tonight. So. Um, uh, Mike or Ryan, do you guys have any thoughts about that? I think we may have lost Paul. So, no, I think uh, I'm still here. Oh, oh Paul's still here. Okay. Hey. Yeah. hey. How about, how about <laughs> you, Paul? What What do you think of those lines? Do you think that's uh the um they're they're going to just stay as is, or are we maximizing or or whatnot the, well, the optimize the lines? I mean, I think uh, when the playoffs hit, you're not going to see Hendricks anymore. I mean, unless it's uh, you know a situation where uh, what do they need grit or glue or whatever they're whatever they're calling it these days. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think you'll see those uh, those combinations go back to the way they were. I think that uh, I think that um, uh, Maurice was basically trying to get some guys some ice time, like Hendricks some ice time before the playoffs, just in case uh, you know he has to play in the playoffs. Because uh, I don't think he played for a while even before the the trade from uh, Minnesota, so hopefully we'll see Roslevic back after these two losses. I mean, you got to think that they want to get back to uh, to what we're going to see more often in the playoffs. Right. Yeah, it was it was beginning of February, I think, when Hendricks last played a game, and now he's played what three straight or three out of the last four. I think it's exactly that, that you just want to get him back into game shape just in case he's needed in the playoffs. I think after Saturday or maybe before then, we even see him come out, Jack go back in, and then we don't see Hendricks again until he's needed in the playoffs if there's an injury. Right. Um, I just just got to say that I, I've had a tough time getting into the whole Jets forward line combination debate because it just strikes me as, as just, a, just a moot point. I think the defense is such a tire fire. I don't even trust myself or, or just like a lot of thought and commentary that, that a lot of us fans have on these forward lines because I think the defense is such a tire fire. And I just, I'm just, I'm just not seeing, I'm just not seeing this this connection between the guys at the, at the back end uh, and the and the forwards who were supposed to who were supposed to take the puck in from from the red line on in and and carry the play from there. I I just don't see I just see a huge disconnect. I don't even. It's just all about the defense for me right now. That's fair. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. They're, they they looked messy tonight. I mean, I don't I don't know if you uh, you guys noticed that one. I think uh, Sherrod went to hit somebody along the. Uh, along the boards of the side there and he completely missed and ended up, he almost went in face first right into the boards. And I mean, um, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know what, uh, what the answer is. And when, uh, when Buff and uh, Bufflin and Morrissey come back, um, who, who comes out? I mean, uh, you'd like to say Sherratt, I guess you'd, uh, you definitely did, wouldn't want to see Morrow. I mean, the steadiest guys back there right now, obviously are uh, Truba and uh, Bolu, at least uh, in my estimation. Yeah. Well, ideally, what would you want to have? You'd want to have Truba and Morrissey, Bufflin and Niku, and then Bolio with who? Uh, Myers. Ours is yeah. the one that makes most sense for that contract. And, I mean, everyone says, you know, uh, with issues that they have with Myers as a third pair, getting those minutes, 
that's probably um, it, it's passable. It's, it's I'd be okay. okay with him on the third pairing for sure. But the fact that they're playing him like he's a first pairing defenseman and he's out there just running around most of the time, that's what's hurting the team. And they need to shelter him, play him way less minutes, and I think he'll be all right. But it just isn't working right now. And back to that Sherratt thing, after he hit himself, hit his head on the glass or on the stanchion, he was completely lost for the next 30 seconds. I, he might be concussed. Like, he just didn't look like he was all there. Yeah. That he normally does. But even more so, he was just kind of wandering <laughs> and arms slouched. I think he, I think he was dazed and out of it because he, I, he was. Well, he went in pretty hard. That goal. Yeah, and he actually, right before that, I think like 10, 15 seconds earlier, he actually may have got slew-footed and hit his head on the ice as well. So he hit his head twice in the same shift, and he was just done by, by that point. And yeah, was, it, was, was he taken to the quiet room? Oh, sorry, you weren't finished yet. Did, was he taken was, to the quiet room? Well, it was with it was a, a half- minute left, I think, when the tying goal went in that he was responsible for. I think he may have been responsible for. So who knows? He may not have got another shift either way. He could have gone back, and we wouldn't have noticed because the game was already done at that point. As uh, it was Myers and I don't know about you guys, but everyone's breaking up. Uh, oh, I heard Ryan. I heard Ryan clear as day. Yeah, I can hear Mike. And I heard everybody. Oh, so the problem might have been on AJ your end. We lost our host. Yeah, it's probably. It's probably me. It's probably me. It's fine. No, if you guys can he keep he must have run into the boards. I yeah. can't stop static or his voice. I'm, I'm dazed and confused, guys. I'm very double very, very, very uh, double Crowley. Okay, let's let's move on to some some other stuff here. We do have some other uh, fan questions. I thought this was a good one from Dylan. He said most people regard this podcast as a negative podcast, or at least one with a more negative. Um, tone. He said, I'd say it's more realistic, though. Uh, having said that, what are some of your favorite positive moments from this season? So I, I'm going to go first. I actually, one of my favorite moments was actually the Finland trip. I thought that was a really cool uh, spectacle. Obviously, it's neat for the Jets to be able to go. I know they, they split the games there, and the games were, you know, good. They weren't great. But uh, I actually think just that whole connection with Finland, uh, obviously, being a person that grew up around the Solani time i think that was a pretty special thing having Solani out there tapo newman uh dropping the puck as well um just the media that was over there and able to enjoy it and writing back a lot of jets fans traveled over there um none of us i don't uh, i don't believe but uh, i think the the spectacle of the finland trip was uh probably one of one of my highlights just to see it and and know that we did that i know it's uh, we had a lot of down days beforehand and after because of uh just the team needing the rest because of time change and everything. But uh, besides that, I thought that was actually one of the, the, the coolest things. So how about you guys? What other positive, cool uh, moments, favorite moments from this season could you point to? I would I would like to point out, though, that, I mean, I think my first time uh, doing the podcast, we actually did a whole episode on what we thought the positives of that uh, particular stretch of time were. So, I mean, uh, calling us out for being negative all the time, that's, uh, 
uh, I don't I don't think that's completely fair. And yeah, you're right because uh, people call me over being negative, not about the Jets, but about just everything. Uh, <laughs> when you're just trying to be a realist, and uh, so you're spot on with your terminology, uh, AJ. So uh, I would agree with you as as far as Finland's concerned. I think that was uh, that was good. Gets good exposure. Um, I think uh, looking forward, uh, you know, we got the announcement for doing another outdoor game. So I think it it speaks to the marketability of the team uh, overall that. Uh, now that we're, you know, doing a bit better, even though uh, today and, and uh, against Dallas, we maybe not be looking so good right now. Um, I think uh, the league might take notice as far from a marketing standpoint. And what that does is it it uh, speaks to guys like maybe a Kevin Hayes who, you know, wouldn't have thought about maybe staying. Maybe he does. Uh, you you know, we had Stastny. He was planning on staying as far as I know. I th- my speculation was he only left because James Neal signed in Calgary and Vegas uh, had some money and they wanted to, uh, you know, throw us a curveball type thing. So guys where, you know, when, when they first came back, when the Thrashers first moved here and the first couple of years, um, you know, were we going to keep a ton of guys? I mean, uh, there, there's, there, there's a clear point there where you go, okay, you know, we're not winning. We're in Winnipeg. It's, it's cold. It's, you know, dark. There's no Wi-Fi or whatever the, the sharks uh, said, but the, um, the point is that as we move forward, uh, you know, we had a winning season last year, finished uh, second overall this year, you know, fell off a little bit, I think, cause the central was a little bit more parody there. Um, but still a good record, even though the, you know, recently not so great. Um, and winning, you know, breeds uh, breeds that uh, that atmosphere that players want to be a part of. So I think I think having two of those seasons back to back and showing it just wasn't a full one flash in the pan would be a positive uh, for the season for us. Right now, I I liked I liked a lot of what you said, Paul. Um, just I think that it's always good to come back to um, just a feeling of like I, I just I have a natural feeling of excitement and. Um, gratitude or, or whatever whatever words you want to use just about the Jets being back and and just to be able to to go and watch players like Ehlers and Shifley and Liney and Dustin Bufflin and and Matt Hendricks <laughs> oh god okay focusing on the positive um there there's there's a ton of star power on the team and I while while I while I do have a lot of, I think that there's like a negative side to, to talking about all the star power and maybe wishing for more, uh, for more from the team right now. Uh, I'm genuinely just just thrilled to have these players and and over the course of this season, uh, yeah, I've just been really I've loved watching. I've gained appreciation for players like Nikolai Ehlers. Uh, I've loved watching uh, Sami Niku, even though he does. I'm a big supporter of his, but I, you know, even though he gives me a, a half a heart attack. You know, every so often, I I've just loved watching him. Brandon Tanev, I think, I I can genuinely say I appreciate watching him play. I think the I think these are guys are, a lot of these players are just real treats to watch, and um, you know, I so yeah, so I'm 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 a positive guy fairly often on this stuff. Uh, I just have high expectations. That's how I'd call it. So. Well, and I think just one one comment to, to what you said was it, it, it's spot on because. You know, we can be termed as negative or people can say that we're negative or whatever the case may be or whoever's been on has been negative. But the reality is that, I mean, 
we pretty much care about what happens with this team. So that I think is a positive that some people don't accept is that they, you know, we're being critical because we have high expectations and, you know, we want the team to do well. We want to be the guys who are cheering too. So, I mean, is, is that being negative? Well, I mean, uh, it's all about perspective. Yeah. I will say, um, and I could probably speak a little bit for Ryan too with this, um, but <laughs> I was waiting for Ryan to pipe in and say, no, I can't, but um, just actually I'm doing this podcast. Yeah, there we go. There we go. There, that's the one. Um, actually just doing the podcast this year for the, the first year I, for myself has been um, a lot of fun. I mean, it's been a lot of work and I won't kind of get into it. We'll save that conversation for at the very end of the year. But I mean, we got to hang out and talk with Ace Burpee and got to, you know, interview Murat, uh, right? And and uh, Ryan did as well. Oh, there's my baby crying. Okay. Shutting oh, off that mon- baby monitor. Talk with Brad Schlossman, who I'm a big fan of, um, you know, in race um, for the Grand Forks Herald and did a long conversation with, uh, <coughs> sorry, Kyle Wellwood and got to talk to Jordan Tutu, right? We had uh, uh, Jamie Thomas and Sean Reynolds. These are just people that I've talked to, right? Other, we're having um, Kirk Keel back on next week. Max doing an interview with him. So, I mean, it's been pretty cool. The the people that we've reached out to and we've um, got to interview Randy Turner. I uh, would be remiss if I forgot him. And uh, you know, we've had Hustler and Rick Ralph on and, and, and a bunch of people. So, I mean, being able to do this podcast and have people listen to it. I mean, we've have over twenty twenty one thousand original listens at this point, and I think we got a decent uh, average clip. And, uh, you know, it sort of it fluctuates from time to time. But, I mean, if it was, someone wants to say that we're negative, yet we're spending this much time trying to, you know, create free, somewhat interesting content for uh, for friends and family and, and people that uh, find this interesting. I mean, it's, uh, it's, been a, it's been a blast. I mean, again, it's been a lot of work. Um, but whatever. It's, it's good. Oh, Grant Fear too. I mean, that, that's pretty cool. I mean, who else has had a 45-minute conversation with Grant Fear that, you know, I don't know, not probably not many people, but um, yeah, it was. Uh, it, it's been a lot of fun to to do that, and it's definitely kept me invested in the team and kind of watching what they're doing while you're constantly trying to think of, okay, let's do a roundtable. Here's some things to talk about. Here's some interesting guests, right? Kind of always driving that. So I'd say for myself, just the periphery around the team because of obviously the team existing and being here um, allows us to do this, right, and and have some fun doing it. So. I think the uh, the 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 fact that you can you can do that generate interest even though you know it's a fan run podcast um, you know you're having what I would call you know big names on a local basis I mean you Kirk Heelback as well and you know congratulations on that I think that's a terrific get and I tweeted that out earlier that uh, he was an inspiration for me when I wanted to go and do uh, you know go into broadcasting and stuff like that but uh, you know talking to all the guys that you mentioned I mean all these guys are media in this town or are connected to the team in some way. So, I mean, for them to be a part of it is, uh, I think, huge. and, you know, one more comment on the, on the positive versus negative thing. I mean, if you look at local media outside of uh, your athletic and stuff like that, um, who gets in depth on a lot of stuff, that's, that's pretty cool. I mean, it, it's helped me watch games differently after how many ever years, but, I mean, how many times can we say you sit there and you listen to, uh, you know, some of the morning shows or afternoon shows out there and they basically say the same kind of team backed stuff all the time where, you know, we're not associated with it. So we can say whatever we want. How many of those guys would say what we say if they weren't, you know, if their jobs didn't 
you know, depend on it. Let's put it that way. Right. How about how about you, Ryan? What's your uh, what's your take on this? You want to add something? No. Oh, did we lose Ryan? We may have lost Ryan. We're losing it. We, we lost the game. We lost against the Stars. We're losing we lost guys. Ryan. Yeah, oh I think it's is I think it's ironic. What was it, Dylan? The the question about positivity. We've just talked the last five ten minutes about positivity, and like. <laughs> There is like, after this game, there's like a siege. All of the pom poms and everything right now are like sharpening their pitchforks and lighting their uh, their torches to to track down Maurice and fire his ass. Well, yeah. and, and you know the funny thing is, is that he might get of- fired before the morning, man. I don't think it's that crazy. <laughs> I think a lot of the the things that happen, it's getting close to the playoffs, so they they start their expect expectations are getting higher, and here. You know, we and, and whoever's been involved has been saying for what months now, even even when we were doing well at the very, very beginning of the season. And and, uh, you know, we were talking about, hey, you know, um, these the teams we're playing aren't the, the upper echelon and we're padding the padding the stats, quote unquote. And, um, you know, I think the message has been pretty consistent. And then all of a sudden everybody's nitpicking about the negativity and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And now here we are talking about the same stuff and being. Uh, like the same tone and then now everybody else is coming on board with that <laughs> yeah it is funny it's it, you, you don't you don't want to be like i told you so yet at the same time it, it does feel like that because you're right i think the message has been consistent we all have high hopes for this team and uh you know kind of believe that they could achieve what uh, any goals that we set for them whether it's first in the league or first in the conference it all feels achievable right but then uh when they win and it's not convincing. I mean, it's um, it's kind of dishonest to not notice that, right? And and not say that. So whatever. I think I think we've done a decent job with uh, um, doing 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 that on, on this podcast. But anyhow, let's move on to something else. Um, Michael, I'll throw this question over to you. I think Ryan's actually uh, taken off. He's gone to bed. Uh, what is the price the Jets will pay uh, to keep Cop, Tanev, and Sherat? Will Roslovic, Appleton, Spotcheck, and Cease be replaced by these stud players <laughs> or I'm, I'm thinking maybe the other way around. Are we looking that if uh, I guess Tanev and Sherratt are going to get paid uh, a little bit more, if we can get some of those guys from the Moose Appleton would probably be most likely and see some spot check to maybe step up and take over um, in those spots. I mean, uh, defensively we're a little bit, not, not as deep, but uh, well, what's your thoughts? Do we probably move on from Tanev and Sherratt after this season? Uh, can you give those? Were those? What were those for? The forward part of the question. The three names. Uh, Cop. Well, uh, yeah, Cop, Tanev, and Sherat were the players in question. But oh, okay, I mean, my bad. Yeah, Cop, Tanev, and yeah, Sherratt. and then saying Roslovic, Appleton, Spotcheck, and Cease all forwards. I mean, so it didn't really address the Sherat one. Um, but do you think the Jets will move on from from Tanev and Sherat? I guess are the main ones. Cops definitely sticking around and uh, try and replace them with some of that moose depth. Well, uh, again, I think it depends on how this season ends. Uh, I think that if we if we lose out in the first round, uh, or you know, or or how we or how early we lose and how we lose in the playoffs, um, or if we if we win, I think that's going to dictate a lot. I could see. I I would assume that one of Brandon Tanev and uh, Ben Schrott will be back with the Jets. Is kind of my kind of my thought. Um, but at the same time, both of those players have have definitely earned a raise. Uh, and um, 
And I think that I think that especially a player like Brandon Tanev would solicit a lot of interest from other teams in the league. Um, he's he's uh, I think I don't mind saying that he's a useful player. Uh, I think that he's the kind of player that a lot of teams could look at and see he's scores goals. He plays with a ton of speed, and I think that for the same reason that Maurice liked him at first, I think that other coaches will also like him. He's he's a he's a uh, He's just a speedy, speedy uh, player, and and I think that that's going to play well. And Ben Sherratt plays defense, so, um, so yeah. Obviously, of the three, I would prefer to see uh, Cop stay and and be given a larger role. Uh, you know, as a with with whatever the salary cap shakeup or or just general general shakeup might happen. Uh, I'd obviously like to see Cop stick around more. Um, by the way, did you guys hear he was interviewed and. Uh, he basically refer- uh, he basically referenced points per sixty, which uh, I'm not the biggest stats nerd, but yeah, everything I've been hearing about Cop is that he's uh, he's a pretty smart player, obviously on the ice, but also uh, a, a pretty big hockey nerd off the ice. So yeah. I I don't know if I was the only one that heard that. I think probably probably that was that was out there, but I just I just thought, wow, that's great. I I hope mm-hmm. that they would keep that they would be able to keep um, Cop. I I. I'm expecting, not saying hoping, but I'm expecting them to keep one of Tanev and Sherratt. And, uh, you know, the young guys, I mean, they're probably going to have to work in, they're certainly going to have to work in at least one, if not two, entry-level contracts next year. So we'll see who it is. I think the Jets, I, uh, part of their draft, uh, you know, um, checklist is that uh, the players are highly educated. I mean, Cop is one of them, obviously. Shifley was. Uh, and uh, Morrissey as well. I mean, he won a bunch of academic awards before they signed. They, uh, they picked him as well. So um, I think that's that's definitely a core at, at the core of what the Jets want. They want, you know, smart thinking, um, academic, you know, type players. Right. Well, and I wonder if uh, Shifley maybe has an effect on Cop. They're roommates now, right? So maybe he's been kind of a ADD you know, talking in his ear just nonstop. And because uh, that seems how Shafley is, his personality. And uh, maybe that stuff has rubbed off on Cop too, whether maybe, or maybe he's like that before, but I know Murat has talked about him being uh, quite a keen, queen, keen guy as well. Um, so, Paul, I'm going to shoot this one over to you. So now just actually talk about the games at hand. I mean, we talked a little bit about the loss tonight to, to the Islanders, and that was a game the Jets. Uh, I don't know if we should say they should have won, but they had the lead and uh, they should have held on to it. Maybe they didn't deserve the whole game, but we also lost 5-2 the other day to Dallas, a very unconvincing game there. And that looks like it could be a first, first round matchup. Um, then we had that, the win before that, the win against Nashville, five, nothing against, you know, a divisional opponent uh, right near the top of the standings. But then before that, we lost to Vegas, uh, you know, 5 nothing. another strong team just in the Pacific, but still in the West that we could look at facing again in a conference final. So this team, you know, it seems, seems a little bit weird. Um, there seems to be a lack of consistency. I mean, that that is the game. That is why you play the game. You don't, it's not just uh, the best team wins every single time. Uh, sometimes you win the ones that you shouldn't, and sometimes you lose the ones that you shouldn't. But uh, what can you make of the, this last little uh, run the Jets have been been on I mean they got three losses in their last four and then before that we had the three nothing win against Anaheim so there's a bit of context the last five games there um what do you make of this team which what's the direction they're going in or after that Nashville everyone was convinced we're definitely definitely turned turned it around 
but uh, last two games seem to indicate maybe not so much. So, Paul, what's your take on on that? Well, if you want the uh, the positive take, we'll start with that. Uh, the Nashville uh, the Nashville game showed me that they might know where that playoff switch is. So it right. it showed me that it was a big game. They were coming in. Uh, they needed to win to clinch uh, the. Um, playoff spot they obviously wanted to beat nashville to stay ahead of them for the um uh, for the division uh hopefully hey maybe we'll get a regular season central division champion uh, banner as well like nashville did but um i you know after tonight i don't i don't know how safe that is because this this was the game in hand that we had left so now it's uh, even steven the rest of the way and uh you know we're two points up a little bit dicey, but we'll see. We'll see how it uh, how it plays out. We've put ourselves in the driver's seat. Another positive take that we're up by two points, and all we have to do is, you know, keep winning. Obviously, we didn't do that the last two games um, to stay ahead. Now, what would I say about the team before? I mean, when we went in, we went into that LA trip, um, or just before it. You know, we played a couple of good games. We played, uh, you know, L.A. We played um, um, the Ducks, uh, won those games. I actually looked at the Vegas game and figured it was going to be a loss. I mean, maybe that's a negative take, but the reality is it was our so third game of the night. Sorry? So did Maurice. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it was our third game. Following along, apparently he referred to it as a scheduled loss in the previous oh, well. interview. There you go. So sorry, third, sorry, third game in four nights. Third game in four nights, and they just, you know, they just didn't have the legs. Didn't have the. They come home and they, uh, they play against Dallas, and maybe a bit more of a of a, of a letdown. And then uh, tonight, uh, I don't know. They just, there were there were stretches of the game where they looked good, and then there were long stretches of the game where they looked not good. So where are they going? I don't know. It's 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 disconcerting because they're so inconsistent. And I've said before on here and I've said to you know people in person that I think the Jets play to their competition um, and they have continued to do that to a degree but um, when you look at these two two losses I mean New York is uh, the Islanders are way ahead of, of where uh, Dallas would be yet you know I don't think they played well in, in either of the games so um, <laughs> aggravatingly inconsistent is, is how I'd put it that's that's fair I think uh yeah, a lot of people you're starting to see online. Oh, first round exit, first round exit. So I think people are preparing themselves for themselves for the the potential that that could happen. I mean, I feel like the Jets are good enough, and I think Paul, you might have mentioned this earlier, maybe before we were recording. I don't remember, but that you you really don't know. Like you could see this team going really really deep, or you could see them literally getting bounced in you know four or five games because it feels like that inconsistency is <clears throat> enough a part of their game that you can't trust the good stuff enough, right, to, to, to overcome. And then also the, the bad stuff, you know, they're a good enough team that it also feels like that shouldn't be their demise. So they're sort of somewhere in the middle. I mean, in the league right now in the standings, they're probably seventh or eighth out of, you know, 16 playoff teams. So as far as playoff teams go, they're kind of just in the middle as far as their, their points, or at least they were. <laughs> a day or two ago when I checked. but um, If yeah, the I team think... that played Nashville shows up, they could go deep. If the right. team that played against Dallas shows up, it, you know, it's not going very far. Yeah, for sure. Um, do, you remember, do you guys remember 
I remember people talking about the word inconsistency a lot. And I remember them saying that a lot in the Jets, like, first two or three or four seasons. And I, I'm, of, I'm of the belief that inconsistency, uh, or I should say consistency, is basically a different way of saying good. And I think that an 82-game season is long enough. I think that just generally good teams are, they're the teams that, that they're taking, you know, they're taking, you know, five of six points out of, uh, five out of a possible six points over three game stretches. Just they're, they're, they're generally consistent, are good teams. And it worries me a lot as, as a self-identified fairly positive fan. It worries me a lot that um, this close to the playoffs, the Jets, do not have their shit together. And it worries me a lot um, that that right now those guys are in the dressing room hitting the showers and stuff and they're absolutely bleeping pissed off at each other. Whereas the Islanders, uh, a team without a lot of star power, uh, they get to be the total opposite side of that equation. And they're going to make it in the playoffs almost for sure, the Islanders are. And they're going to do it as a team. And I'm just worried about the Jets making it to the playoffs. And they might go and they might win out. They might win five straight and stuff. But right now, I'm very worried about this inconsistency. And I think that it might mean that they're just not that good. Whoa. You know, I was, I, was at the, I, was, I was at the first playoff game last year uh, against Minnesota. It was at home. Uh, bought a ticket. And they, we didn't score, I think, until about a third of the way through the second period period uh Shifley's power play goal the first uh, first goal of the playoffs and i mean where you felt some energy in the building there was a whole ton of nervousness and anxiety and you could feel it in the crowd and i think going into this playoff until we actually get that first period that first goal uh if we play well or not i mean if we play well in that first game, I think uh, everybody's going to be back on the back on the bandwagon. If we come out and like drop a game, I think uh, you know the pitchforks and torches is going to be uh, you know an understatement. Yeah, and I think a game like this being so fresh in our memory, too, that that feels like uh, we we know what that nervousness feels like because you see them blow a lead right to a team that you yeah. know they were, they they should have been able to run with. Pretty easily, I, I think. I don't. I, I mean, the Islanders are a good team, but uh, yeah, you, they were in the driver's seat, and to see it blow up like that feels like, oh, geez. I hope we don't. I hope they they got that out of their system, right? And it does have to be. I know Ryan mentioned it earlier, but it does bear repeating that the Jets will. We expect them to get Bufflin back very soon, and Morrissey at some point. Uh, I guess probably we're thinking maybe the beginning of the playoffs or in, during the first round. And if you could, if you could just come up with a wish list of what you would like for the Jets to, 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 to magically make the team better, it would obviously be two, uh, you know, two all-star defensemen. So, right. so that always sure. bears repeating right now. I, I, I totally admit that. I don't know if they're, I don't know if it comes off that way, but it almost seems like they're coasting. I don't want to think that that's where their head's at and they're going, okay, we're just going to be in the first round or whatever, but uh, I mean, I don't know if it, it, it just, when I watched the game tonight, it almost came across like that. Right. Well, 
We're going to move on to some other questions. Um, I, I'm going to blow through these two. And then I'm going to give a good question, the last one, because we talked for a long time about yeah, it. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a good question. They're all, they're all good questions. It was a positive spin, too. They're all good questions, yeah. though, but that was a really oh. good question. All right. Claire said, who's the best-looking Jet? Uh, so it's uh, Laurent Brossois. We can all agree, and if we don't agree, um, get your own podcast, and you can talk talk about it. Um, so Laurent Brossois is best-looking Jet. And then, Mike, um, this one's for you. Excluding <laughs> the arena itself, favorite spot to watch a Jets playoff game? Now, uh, Mike, you basically are sponsored by the Yellow Dog, so I'm going to assume you're going to say the Yellow Dog. Uh, I I love watching I love watching games at the Yellow Dog. It can be a little tricky because they do get a massive. Uh, it gets very busy before a game and then very busy after, but um, but for that sweet sweet middle, it's just the best bar. So, yeah, if you're looking for a bar to make your home. You'll see Mike there. Unless that, he's, that in, is unless a, that he's is, in the building. That is a good choice. That is a good choice. Even, even uh, you know, depending on if they have enough TVs there, the kids head down the street uh, or whatever around the corner is uh, is not bad either for atmosphere. Yeah, I've never watched I, a game there. You you guys go there ever? I've uh, been there for a couple of games, but they've only got the TVs in the corners. Uh, I think at one point they put a bigger TV upstairs. Uh, but you do, you do get a... a you know, pretty full crowd every once in a while. I got to say, like sitting across the street, though, at um, just as an example, at um, oh, what's the one across the uh, directly across Brown Social House, that uh, that TV wall, that would be uh, I've never watched a full game there, but uh, like a Jets game, but I've watched other games. And um, and yeah, that that TV wall is pretty uh, fantastic, I have to admit. Yeah. And that's also- right in between those two spots, Brown's, Brown's and the Yellow Dog, um, Merchant Kitchen, always uh they they got really into the 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 playoffs last year and had like a big screen projection you know viewing of the game and stuff because it's fun i don't know about you guys it's just kind of fun to be close to the rink and stuff if you're not if you're not there you kind of share in all that energy and you well if if it's a home game you definitely want to feel that atmosphere right like uh, to come out and they've they've had a big win i know uh like for some games like taps uh Taps, uh, so what do they call it? Taps Social House or Taps uh, Tavern or whatever Peter? the case may be uh, on uh, Dakota. They they actually yeah. have a they have a pretty good atmosphere for games as well. Yeah, I feel, I feel you there, Paul. Yeah, and a very good wing deal too, right? When yeah, yeah. oh my god, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. Um, we don't talk. I'm, I'm gonna add add one, uh, Paul. I don't know if you were there at all. I wouldn't say it was a great place to watch the game. Uh, but I mean, they did have the big screen, and it was right in the middle of the action. But I know that we ended up, uh, you and I, Mike, at least, and a bunch of other friends at the Met a couple times during the playoffs because it was like central, yeah. it was right on the street party. We were able to get in and out, whatever. So that was actually pretty, pretty cool to be so close to it. Plus, you had a, you know, a bit of space. You weren't just crammed in there. But as soon as you wanted to go outside and just take it all in, uh, you're literally walking out right you know, stage left of uh, one of the main stages of the street party. So I think the Met was a pretty cool place. It's going to be bumping there again, for sure. Make sure you show up early because otherwise you're not getting in. That's what we learned. So, um, Mike, I'm going to kind of leave you with this one because we're getting closer to an hour. But I'm wondering if you could speak to the play of some of the players. I think um, uh, Wheeler set a new career high, I believe, for uh, assists in a season. And he's only like a point or two back from uh, from a new career high for – Total points, um, you know, some of these, some of the players and their their recent play, their their points. I mean, it's nice. Lowry finally got some goals again. Tanev hadn't scored in a long time, and he scored 
Uh, Brian Little's moved down the lineup, so he's probably not getting as many looks as he used to. But I'm curious if you could speak to uh, the play of some of these guys and who's who's hot, who's not. And obviously, one you got to mention is is Patrick Lyon. What you think of uh, his game as of as of recently? Uh, so do I have to talk about Wheeler or or just is he an example I can kind of talk about whoever I want to? You could talk about whoever you want. It's just he did reach a milestone today and uh, and is probably going to reach another one very soon, uh, oh, which is a career year for him and in the last year of his contract until his, his big contract starts next year. So that'll be uh, when we'll demand this kind of production you oh, know, yeah. once he's running at 37 years old or something. But, yeah, you could talk about whoever you want. I was just curious uh, if you yeah. could kind of just share a bit about the players. Well, definitely. I mean, I think it's cool that yeah, you gave Wheeler a shout out. I think that he um, is he's a player that I've been so used to being. What was he undervalued? He was the most most underrated player in the league for for basically his entire previous contract. And um, I yeah, I think I think that he's I think that he's a great, great leader for the team. And he has just somehow yeah gotten better with age. He's Seems to have embraced the, embraced the the new kind of offensive mindset that some of these younger players sort of have, and um, yeah, I'm I'm as of right now this date I'm very happy that he's a Jet, and I'm not looking forward to um, the day when when we start kind of looking at him and thinking about that contract because uh, I yeah I don't I don't um, I hate when I hate when that particular kind of negativity gets basically put on gets put on us as fans I, i'm not a fan of that because because he's out there and he's he deserves he deserves to to be very well paid and everything and he's been very good i just uh you want to yeah, remember enjoy the good it times. Last, i guess right <laughs> you want you want to remember the good times yeah and but, but <laughs> like just other guys i'm i think i just i think everyone should just continue to watch how great and cherish cherish how good nikolai ehlers is i think he's just just been an absolute treat to watch i love i love watching him circle around the offensive zone yes but more and more just seeing him as a yeah as he's i think he's actually slightly smaller than sammy niku small player consistently wins battles uh wins battles in in the jet zone and the neutral zone along the wall he's just a treat to watch and uh i mean man like if i had if i had a young kid that that played hockey i would i'd just be just be pointing at nikolai ehlers all the time and just i'm just so high on him right now i think he's wonderful yeah and you know just uh, that's that's great points i also wanted to just point out just talking about some of the stats here and paul you can jump in at any time but we got three 30 goal scorers now patrick line has moved uh into well he was already in third but uh has moved to 30 goals Kyle Connor with 33 and Shifley with 36. And actually, that might be different after tonight. I'm not sure if this updated, but then Shifley will have 37 because he had that power play goal tonight, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the tip there. So, uh, yes, yeah, so we got three 30-goal scorers, which is pretty wild when you kind of think of both the Jets when they first came back. And uh, Kevin Hayes has been a nice addition. He's got some some assists. I think he's got a goal or two as well. But, and Wheeler uh, tied the uh, franchise assists record with 69 tonight. Oh, so that's right. Tied with uh, who is it? Um, the guy that went to Boston, Mark Mark Savard. Yeah, there we go. That's the one. Yeah. So, yeah. So the, the, some nice, the, the, some comment, nice the comment I would say about uh, Wheeler. I mean, 
he's the guy who drives the team, right? He's the, he, you know, as much as they say Hendricks, they needed him back because he's emotional glue for the, for the dressing room. I mean, Wheeler's Wheeler's the guy. They, I think they all follow him. I think they all follow him more than Andrew Ladd did. Now, if Ladd taught Wheeler how to do that, um, you know, uh, that's a good thing. Uh, you want to look at uh, regretting a contract. I don't know if the Islanders do, but I heard lads out now with a knee injury. So, I mean, there's a contract where you go, you know, are we glad we dodged a bullet at, uh, what did he get? Six, uh, six years at 7 million per. I mean, uh, I think Wheeler's probably going to uh, outlive that. And I'd almost look at him like, uh, I don't know if I'd put him in that echelon, but you look at a, a guy like Messier that played late, like, like, until he was, you know, older and at a, at a fairly high level, whether or not there was points, it was always a leader on the ice and he played the way you'd want to, you'd want your guys to play. And I think Wheeler's going to be that guy. The, the one comment I would make about what you were talking about earlier, about what's going to happen for next year. There's, there's two guys obviously that are going to determine the entire makeup of the team next year. And that's Patrick Liney and Kyle Connor, no matter whatever contracts they get, in the summer, be it a bridge deal for Line A or, or a long-term deal for for um, uh, Connor or vice versa or both or whatever, those terms and money uh, deals are going to determine what happens with Tanev, what happens with Sherratt, whether or not Appleton comes back up, uh, Veselainen makes the team, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So those are the first two big dominoes and the rest are going to fall into place after that. And you won't know what you can do until you know what they have inked for right right on okay guys i think we got it all covered i'm just gonna you guys can pipe in if you like but uh, i was just going to comment on the hendrickson because obviously um well you just kind of alluded to it briefly there paul but uh yeah it's it's a conversation that we've seen rage online quite a bit as far as why he's in the lineup um i i personally don't get it for anyone who's listening who maybe is pro Hendricks or they don't see the the value in it this team prides itself on being a draft and develop team um if Rosovic if things are going well for him I'm not sure that sitting uh is is that you know great for his development as opposed to putting him in a you know position to to succeed I mean when he had that hat trick the next day or next couple games he was on the the first power play unit right when um uh, Ehlers went down he moved up to that second line it was before the addition of Hayes but playing with little and line a. so I mean there's there's things you do to to help a guy out I don't know if press boxing him is is that great of an idea so for me just with the Hendricks thing obviously I don't think he's a good player he's way past his prime I get that he's great in the room all the stuff people want to say about him but I don't know if he really needs to be on the ice um, to to have the same effect but my concern is a little bit uh, more of how this affects uh, affects Roslovic and uh, maybe his feelings towards a team or if this is even showing us the team's feelings towards him, you know, if he's more expendable. And it's like, well, uh, you know, uh, you mentioned the, the contracts with Connor and Line. Um, it'd be nice to to have keep keep all the forward depth that we can. It'd be a shame to lose him just because, you know, he's fallen out of favor, for lack of a better term, with the coach. Um, and not just because of, of grits, you know, being with the team, but just because, you know, it, he's – become expendable to the coach's mind and even more so when he's got a player that he loves like Hendricks. So the, my thing about the Hendricks is just he's not going to add much out there. He's not going to play a whole lot. But what does this do for Roslovic in his career? Am I overreacting? Maybe a little bit. I don't know. But uh, these things, you see them play out though, right? I mean, we, and I know people are sick and tired of hearing these names, but we saw how it played out with Dano. 
right? We saw how it played out with, you know, Burmese draft. We saw, you know, how Armia became expendable. We saw this play out with Bhutan. And so these young players, if they don't play or they're in the coach's doghouse or they're just not the guy, I mean, it's almost like their days are numbered. Uh, and 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 that's even after the season when you know Hendricks is gone or, and retires. I feel like this can still have some long-lasting effects because we've we've seen it play out before. And you you, you I worry that uh, we end up losing a player or a player doesn't develop enough because of lack of opportunity or uh, the way that the coach sees him. So so that's my concern. It's not about Hendricks. You know he's going to play a couple more games before the season ends. You know, he might get in a playoff game or two, and hopefully it's, you know, meaningless time and he doesn't cost us any games. But, um, I mean, he is a professional yeah. hockey player, so he shouldn't know somewhat what to do. But, yeah, I'm just I'm a little bit concerned about Roslovic long-term, what this, what this means, even though it feels uh, overreacting. Again, we've seen a play out, so uh, I don't think it is that overreacting. So, no, Hendricks is not a – oh, sorry, go ahead, Paul. No, I was just going to say I'd agree with that. I mean, we saw it play out with with uh, Patan, um, you know, and I think I think part of the reason they brought Hendricks back is because uh, they traded Lemieux and Patan on the same day, so they needed us to be able to uh, you know be all uh, kvetching over something. So you know, they brought back Hendricks just to make sure there was a pressure point for us to uh, you know be a bit negative about things. Right. Absolutely. Go go ahead, Mike. You get the last word. Um. I think that playing Matt Hendricks is not a very is not the decision that a confident uh, a confident coach does. I think it's reflecting. I think I think every time that I'm seeing him in the game in the games now, it's uh, it's just an alarm bell to me. I I I think that it's silly and dumb to overreact about who gets five minutes of of ice time a game or whatever he gets. Uh, I I tell myself that. But I I still think back to exactly when the Jets traded for him again. The questions that it raised, what for me and for a lot of a lot of us fans was, why are they trading for why are they trading for uh, a company man like a, a second coach? Why are they trading for him? And my other thought is that is that playing Matt Hendricks, I just I'm seeing how this team's playing, and I think that Paul Maurice is scared that and he knows he think he's I think Maurice is freaked out that he knows that his team is not playing defense and I think that it's some kind of a panic move it's not a move from a position of strength and that's why I think that's why it's justifiable to talk about this this guy who's getting five minutes of ice time uh who's probably a great guy uh, I think that's why it's totally justified to be worried so yeah, yeah so it, 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 it is concerning, right? But um, uh, hopefully, yeah, hopefully it doesn't cost us anything. Well, well, last positive thought before we go, uh, no more aviator jerseys. Well, there you go. Oh, yeah. for the, for the <laughs> there's, there's the spirit, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> well, we don't know if they're going to show up for the... I'll get some online hate for that one. Yeah. <laughs> Did they wear the aviators today or... No, no. two games ago. Oh man, because that actually would have explained everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh well. All right, gentlemen. Thanks for taking the time. And on behalf of uh, Ryan, who I don't think he's still here, but it looks like he's still logged in. 
thanks for listening again. We we did an hour, guys, and I think we did I think we did okay. Besides a little bit of technical difficulties, and uh, let's try and do this again soon. We'll probably do it a couple times during the playoffs, maybe after every single game. So uh, put that on your calendars, there, boys. Anyhow, you know, thanks again, you know you, and we'll. Yeah, cool. No, we're done. Good. Good. That's it. Okay. I can't wait to hear your growling voice again, AJ. <laughs> I just won't get better. I swear. I don't know what's going on. Oh well, I'll I'll keep it as long as I can. Sounds cool in my in my own head. But okay, thanks guys. Take care. Thanks. Okay.